Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all a rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. What a round of footy. What a round of footy. We also had the NRLW kickoff as well, which was fantastic. Loved it. Got to watch a few of the games. Some standouts for me. The first one had to be Isabel Kelly. Uh, she's come back in the pretty much the exact same form she left the competition in last season. She has been terrific. Uh, so Isabel Kelly really tearing up the competition already in the centres there. Jessie Southwell. She's a month younger than me. Her footwork close to the line is exceptional. I thought that she had a really, really strong debut, scoring a try as well. A really big debut for her. Another player from last season tearing it up, Emma Tonegado. She is extremely talented, probably wants to get a premiership, obviously missed out last season losing to the Roosters. I think she wants one. She looks very keen for one and she looks really impressive for the Dragons. We were talking about Jessie Southwell just then, but the Knights as a whole, the Knights as a whole, I thought were really impressive impressive getting the win over the Broncos 32-14. I'm not going to go through a full preview of the games. I only got to watch little bits of each, uh, but I thought that it was a really impressive way to kick off the competition this 2022 season, and I can't wait to watch a bit more NRLW over the next few weeks. But let's get into the team of the week for round 23. Round 23, a big round with a lot of blowouts. So let's go through this team of the week. Uh, for me, I've got James Tedesco at fullback for the Sydney Roosters. He was incredible and a big reason why they were leading 72-6. to six. What a scoreline, 72-6. to six. It's not every day you could say your team won 72-6. to six. A crazy stat there as well. The Roosters actually beat a few AFL teams on the weekend as well. I think they beat about four or five. AFL teams in terms of scoring on the weekend. So I've got James Tedesco at fullback, David Nofaluma, who I thought was incredible for the Melbourne Storm on the weekend. He's on one wing and I've got Tiao Tiao Moga on the other wing. I thought he was great for the Dragons. Uh, in the centres, I've got Justin Olam, who I thought was amazing again for the Melbourne Storm. He had a really strong performance for them in that game. And then Valentine Holmes, who I thought was amazing for the Cowboys. Uh, in the halves, Luke Keary for the Roosters. He was sensational setting up tries left, right and centre, set up more tries than not and he got taken off early uh, because he was just having an absolute blinder uh, but a really strong game there for Luke Keary. Nico Hines in the seven, I thought he was so clutch on the weekend for the Sharks, he was amazing in that game, in that blowout game which we'll talk about in a second, so Nico Hines in the seven. Nelson Asofa Solomona, probably one of the best games I've seen him play in a few years, definitely the best game he's played this season, he was phenomenal, he's become so much more more versatile. He's become a bit of a back rower at the moment. The 7-1 giant of a front rower uh, is becoming more and more versatile. A bit of speed, a bit of agility, a bit of an offload on him now as well. Really dangerous big Nelson. And then Joseph Tarpany in the other front row who was just creating havoc for his opposition on the weekend. Joseph Tarpany, sensational performance. Harry Grant at 9. I thought he was great for the storm. Nat Butcher and Luciano Leilua in the back row. Nat Butcher, four tries. Four tries for the Sydney Roosters on the weekend. That is unheard of for a back rower. So big game there for Nat Butcher. And he didn't miss a tackle either. He did not miss a tackle. He is a sensational player who I thought had a really, really big game on the weekend. And his defense was outstanding. His attack was outstanding. He was on point. And then Luciano Leilua as well, creating havoc for the Cowboys. For some reason, it's really weird seeing him in a Cowboys jersey, but he's doing such great things for them up there. And in a really good side that's moving 
moving forward. He is so dangerous for them, and he's having a really good past few weeks, so shout out to him. Uh, Victor Radley at lock for the Roosters, a big reason why they were on the go forward. Uh, his ball playing is just amazing. And then the bench is Matt Lodge, Cameron Munster, Dylan Brown, Junior Amon, or Talatau Amon, and then 18th and 19th man, Isaiah Yo and Tom Deed, and I thought that they played really well. Tom Deed, and especially for the Cowboys, a really big week for him. But Cameron Munster, I had to have him in the starting bench. A starting bench, that's a really weird thing to say, uh, but I had to have him in the main bench. He was awesome. Cameron Munster, uh, Dylan Brown as well. I thought he had a really big performance for the Parramatta Reels. His ball playing was top notch. His selection uh, about when to pass the footy, when not to, was amazing as well. So Dylan Brown, a big week. But let's get into the footy. The first game was the Rabbitohs v the Penrith Panthers. I thought the Rabbitohs did really well to stick up uh, to the Penrith Panthers. I thought that Campbell Graham in his return game, I was so hesitant. I was going to put him in this team of the week. I really was. I thought that he was amazing in his return game. Scored a try. I ran nearly 200 metres in this game as well. I thought he was great. If there's a positive for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, I thought that he has really come back into form. But Jackson Paulo, really unfortunate. Five errors in this game. Five. Uh, not too good from him at all. Definitely not his best. But regardless, he didn't deserve the criticism he got after that game either. He got a few death threats from what I've heard. Really disappointing that that had to happen after the game. And I do feel sorry for Jackson Paulo. He definitely didn't deserve to cop all that after that game. Uh, it's not a player's motive to go out there and play terribly or to have a bad game for his team. A player's motive is to go out there and have the best game for his team and uh, unfortunately it wasn't his night. Everyone has off nights and it doesn't mean that he deserves to be criticised, especially like that, especially with death threats. I think no player, no one in general deserves to have death threats come their way and I think it was really disappointing from those fans to escalate that and, you know, make the death threats to Jackson Paulo, who's just a person like we all are. Really disappointing from the fans, but South as a whole, the goal kicking was not on point. We scored the same amount of tries as the Penrith Panthers. Uh, Stephen Crichton got three out of four goals and two penalty goals on the top of that, which ended up getting them the game. I thought Latrell and Cody Walker maybe didn't have their best nights. Definitely not what we've seen from them over the past few weeks. Uh, they definitely did compete. They definitely did compete the South Sydney Rabbitohs and showed a lot of heart in this game, but the errors is something that let them down in this one. The errors, uh, it just was not good enough. It was 13 errors from South Sydney with a 71% completion rate. Uh, it's better than most weeks, 71. I'll give them that, but 13 errors is definitely not good for any side, and it's not good considering that Penrith did have their star halves out. Uh, if you imagine Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai were still in that Penrith side, if South Sydney would have been absolutely demolished or flogged, and all of the goals would have gone over from Nathan Cleary, I guarantee that. Um, so, not good leading up into finals for South Sydney. If they can't beat a depleted Penrith side, then they're going to be in trouble if they want to make another grand final, depending on how the draw goes. Uh, and even if they do make the grand final, they'd be in danger of losing again. And I hope that's not the case. Uh, South Sydney, they've definitely got the strike power, especially the forwards to get there. Uh, it's just a matter of discipline and 13 errors isn't really good discipline at all. So definitely something they need to improve over the next few weeks if they are to go for that finals contention.
In saying that, it was probably one of the more closer games of the week, if not the closest one, and definitely one of the best as well. Really competitive, really entertaining. Uh, as I said, South's completion rate could have been a bit better. Uh, less errors would have been ideal, probably would have won them the game as well. Goal kicking as well. Latrell Mitchell had a bit of an off night there in the goal kicking. Wasn't his best performance either, to be honest. Uh, but we know what Latrell Mitchell is capable of, and we won't uh, ride him off just yet. Latrell Mitchell, he, I think, is going to explode next week after a bad performance performance. Well, I wouldn't even say a bad performance, but after a performance that wasn't really his best, I think that he's really going to bounce back next week and have a big one. Latrell Mitchell, we all know it. Uh, Cody Walker as well. I feel like when Latrell Mitchell's not on a roll, Cody Walker can sort of lapse in form as well. Uh, but Cody Walker, if Latrell Mitchell's on next week, he'll be on as well. Cody Walker. In terms of the Penrith Panthers, Sean O'Sullivan, I thought he was really impressive in this one. Uh, definitely the general on the field there for the Penrith Panthers while Nathan Cleary's out. And I thought that he did a really impressive job uh, in the number seven jersey. Stephen Crichton as well. I thought he was amazing in the goal-kicking department and just in the on-field play department as well. I thought he was amazing. I thought that Penrith really looked good, uh, but it was really competitive and a really tough game, the grand final rematch. As I said, if Nathan Cleary or Jerome Luai were there, it would have been a little bit different, but it was a really impressive game, a really entertaining game to watch as well, this one, and uh, I really enjoyed it, even though South Sydney did lose, and even though I did lose my tip, uh, it was a really impressive game to watch. Then on Friday night, the next game, the Warriors v. the Cowboys, the blowouts begin. The blowouts begin. Cowboys, 48 to 4. What did I tell you? Cowboys 13 plus. They were going to come in hungry after a loss to the Roosters, and they certainly did that. Uh, the Cowboys, they were on fire. Cohen Hess, Murray Talungi, Jeremiah Nanai, Peter Hiku, Tom Dearden, Luciano Lelua, Tom Dearden again, and then Chad Townsend scoring in this game. It was a big scoring fest uh, from the North Queensland Cowboys. A big game for them. Uh, only try score up for the Warriors was Marcelo Montoya. I told you they scored out wide. I told you they score out wide the Warriors and they did. Uh, only one try there. 48 to 4 was the scoreline. 7 out of 8 kicks kicked uh, from Valentine Holmes as well. A big game for Valentine Holmes. But the Cowboys as a whole were really impressive. I thought as an ensemble they were really on point this week and really connected. Tom Dearden. Tom Dearden is so underrated. I cannot believe how underrated Tom Dearden is. He is an absolute freak. He was involved in most of the tries it only says he had one try assist, but he was involved in pretty much everything, scoring two tries of his own as well. Ran for 115 metres, 22 post-contact metres, three tackle busts, one line break, 23 tackles, only two missed. He was just everywhere on the field. He is a monster, Tom Dearden, a monster. He's going to be out for the next few weeks, which is going to be pretty disappointing. Hopefully, he's only out for maybe one or two. A ruptured testicle. He had surgery the other day, maybe even the other night. I think it was last night, actually, or the night before he had the surgery, but he has just come out of surgery for that ruptured testicle and he will be out for approximately two, three weeks. Our NRL physio did say on his page because he had treated it over the past two to three days after rupturing the testicle, uh, it will be a lesser recovery time rather than an extended period on the sideline. So that is good news for Dearden, whether that's one week, whether that's two weeks that he is on the sideline for. It'll be much better on the Cowboys if he is only out for a little bit of time. They definitely need him back as soon as possible because he is just tearing the field apart. Every time he gets the footy, I mean, the other week against the Roosters, just before the game ended, he had a really big run and it actually set up Hammer for his try at the end of the game, but 
That was all on Tom Dearden. He ran from both sides of the field. His speed, his step, his right foot step and left foot step is so underrated in this game. He has probably one of the best steps I think I've seen for a little man in the comp right now. He is so darty, so darty in the number six jersey. And I can't wait to see him come back from that injury. Hopefully, as I said, sooner rather than later because the Cowboys will definitely need him going into finals. If he's out during finals, Cowboys are in trouble. They are in trouble because he is a big part of their attack and he has been in some great form over the past few weeks. Now, a bit of a query for you fans. Is Ruben Cotter better off the bench or is he better starting on the field? I thought he's been better off the bench than he was when he was starting. I know he plays big minutes, so you can't really tell. He does play around about 60 minutes per game. He played 51 in this one, but he's been in great form coming back off an injury as well. I thought that he's really continued his pre-origin and origin form from a few months ago. I thought he's been unreal uh, for the North Queensland Cowboys, especially in this game off the bench, 136 metres, 54 post contact, two tackle busts, 35 tackles with only one miss. And that was in 51 minutes of football. So really good knock there from Ruben Cotter. I thought that Luciano De Lua had one of his better games as well, setting up tries in this one uh, and some great ball playing as well from Luciano De Lua. 137 metres, uh, 62 post contact, two tackle busts, a line break, uh, 23 tackles and zero missed there for Luciano De Lua. Uh, starting in the back row in this game, I thought he was great. Chad Townsend and Tom Dearden really stole the show for me. I thought they really directed this side well uh, around the park. If they play like this in in finals, they're going to be really dangerous and I think definitely a threat in this final series. And then the next game was the Storm v the Brisbane Broncos. 60-12. to 60-12 to 12 the scoreline was at the end of this one. A big game for the Melbourne Storm. Nelson Asofa-Solomona hasn't he improved over the past few weeks? He's been unreal uh, for the Melbourne Storm. He's grown in versatility as well. A bit of agility added to his game. A bit of a step as well for the big man. 7-1, I think he is. A bit of a step on him. A bit of an offload flick pass that he's developed in his game as well. Uh, sort of developed into an edge back rower, even though he is a really good front rower and lock forward. Uh, he's really developed into that edge forward, Nelson Asofa Solomona, a turn we didn't really expect him to take, uh, but he's really really strong there. As I said, the flick pass offload for the first try for young Tonamapea. It was great skill there from Nelson Asofa Solomona, and it was a great try and he was pretty much outstanding for the whole night. Nelson Asofa Solomona as well. He scored a try late in the game but I thought his involvements were unreal there uh, for the Melbourne Storm and really on top of the Brisbane Broncos. They're in a bit of a slump at the moment Brisbane. They're in a bit of a slump. They can't seem to get on a roll at the moment. It could be very likely that we do see Brisbane miss out on the finals due to this little slump that they're in. If they lose over the next two weeks it means that they're out of finals and if the Raiders win the next two games they've already won up against the Newcastle Knights on the weekend which we'll get to in a second but if Brisbane lose the next two games and the Raiders win the next two games it means that Raiders will go to eighth and Brisbane will drop out of the top eight entirely so very stressful times there for the Brisbane Broncos. 
As for the Storm, though, Cameron Munster was everywhere. Jerome Hughes was everywhere. Harry Grant was insane, pretty much involved in every single play. Even though he was at dummy half, he was still getting around as first receiver as well and getting involved in pretty much everything. So really impressive there from Harry Grant. Josh King off the bench as well, 154 metres, 54 post-contact metres, uh, 22 tackles with only two missed there in 51 minutes of football. Tom Weisenhuth, 113 metres, 55 post-contact metres, 24 Tackles only one miss. So the bench forwards having a really strong game there. It was pretty disappointing for Brisbane. The only players to run over 100 metres were Corey Oates and Selwyn Cobbo on the wings there. Everyone couldn't manage to run over 100 metres in that game, which is quite unfortunate there for the Brisbane Broncos. Couldn't really manage to get on a roll. Ezra Mam not having his best week. He's had some slumps in his form over the past few weeks. Maybe we might not be able to see him in the side next weekend. He might be replaced for Tyson Gamble. The only reason I think that uh, is because... Tyson Gamble might be going to Newcastle next season. I think that the Brisbane Broncos would want to do their best to keep him in that squad. Uh, so he might go to six next weekend. Ezra Mam, we might see him drop either to the bench or out of the side completely, which would be unfortunate. We love Ezra Mam and all the things that he's done at the club this season. If Kevy's smart, he'll keep him there to develop. I think that that's the smarter way to go about it, but we could see Ezra Mam dropping out of the side next weekend. This could be the B all or end all of Melbourne's season. If they don't win the next two games, they drop out of the top eight. I consider that a failure of a season. Getting into the top four, then dropping out of the top eight in the back end of the season, I think that's really disappointing. And I think that Brisbane definitely need to step up over the next few weeks and make sure they stay in the top eight uh, and maybe even get into deep finals territory. Now, look, there were some moments in that game for Brisbane that were quite impressive. Adam Reynolds kicking for Selwyn Cobbo uh, early in the tackle count, uh, kicking for him cross field for him to catch the ball in space. Jesus, if he had a little bit more space there and a little bit more time to get some speed, uh, he would have been unstoppable. He probably would have scored a try there and Brisbane would have been on the front foot. Uh, Melbourne's defense was just spot on, spot on in that game. I can't believe we haven't got to talking about this guy yet, but Justin Olam, I thought that he's been unreal for the Melbourne Storm over the past two weeks. Had two really solid performances, but Melbourne, 83% completion rate, uh, 63% possession. So you can see how really south this game went uh, for the Brisbane Broncos. 63% possession there for the Melbourne Storm. They had much more of the footy, completing at a much higher higher rate there as well. Uh, so really disappointing there for Brisbane, as I said before, and they definitely need to improve over the next two weeks if they are to get into finals. But as I said, Olam, I think he's improved over the past few weeks. There's definitely been some stars in that side that have improved, especially with guys like Remus Smith. Uh, Xavier Coates obviously being out for a while. He's back now, but being out for a while, bringing those younger guys into the team, it's going to do them good going into the future, especially if they have this problem again next season. Uh, they've got those guys if they've already blooded into the side that can come in and fill in uh, for the Melbourne Storm as well. Similar to what the Roosters did last year, bringing guys into debut uh, for other guys who were injured in that side. I think Roosters had 13 injuries last season. I think Melbourne have the same, uh, some of them in the lower roots of the team. But I think they have similar amount of injuries this season as well, Melbourne. So it'll definitely do them good next season, getting those guys blooded into the side this season. So if they do have injuries again, they can just bring in the same guys they brought in this 
this year, especially Marion Seve, who played in the centres for a long time. Uh, young Tonamapea, who's in there now in the number three, well, in the number three jersey last week, I should say. Uh, he had a pretty good run on the weekend. Two weeks ago when he was in the side, he had a good run as well. Josh King in the 13. He's been a success as far as I'm concerned, bringing him over from the Newcastle Knights. And I think that he's really turned into something, Josh King. So uh, definitely a big improvement there from him. Uh, some of the guys that brought in have been a real success and especially David Nofaluma, a guy who I think may not even leave at the end of this season, may want to stay in Melbourne for the remainder of his career as well. So very interesting times for Melbourne that could have a really, really solid side going into next year. They've signed a back rower. I think his name's John Chan or something from the Super League. Joe Chan or something like that. He's a back rower from the Super League. I'll have to look deeper into that, but they've signed him and Tarek Sims as well, another back rower. So they'll be pretty much set for when Felice Cafusi and Kenny Bromwich end up leaving at the end of the year. But their spine will be really, really solid going into next year as well. Obviously, they've got Ryan Pappenhausen, Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, uh, and then Josh King in the 13 jersey there as well. So a pretty solid spine there, the spine they've already got this season. But you bring in guys like uh, Xavier Coates on the wing with David Nofaluma on the other wing. Remus Smith returns in the centers with Justin Olam. A pretty solid back line there for the Melbourne Storm without injury. Could go really, really far. And then obviously the guys we talked about before in Tarek Sims, Josh King, uh, who have had a really good season. Nelson Asofa Solomona developing into a back rower. Could see him move back into the front row. But obviously, again, as I said, with injury, he could shift into the back row. He can shift into the lock forward role at any given time. Nelson, so uh, really, really good season in terms of development for Melbourne. Uh, but they're really starting to kick off into the final series. And I think they could go a long way uh, if they keep up this form, beating the top sides by 60. I mean, they could go anywhere. They could honestly win the grand final in 2022 if they really wanted to. And we all know they can. It'll be very interesting next few weeks for the Melbourne Storm. But a really solid win there against the Brisbane Broncos who need to fix up their attack and their defense if they are to move forward into the final series. Otherwise, they could lose their top eight spot. Now, speaking about disappointing performances, Bulldogs losing by 42 points to six against the Parramatta Reels on the weekend. Parramatta having a really, really strong performance. You honestly thought uh, watching this game that the Bulldogs were going to get on a bit of a roll, obviously with the Aaron Shoup try. Uh, you thought the Bulldogs were going to score some more tries, but it was just a Parramatta onslaught after that, and there was really no coming back for the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Well, this is one of the best weeks we've seen Dylan Brown in terms of form, in terms of his ball-playing, decision-making as a half. I think he's really come a long way in 2022. I could honestly say under Tom Dearden, in terms of the most improved players this season, I think he's definitely up there, Dylan Brown. Uh, people said that he was just a defensive half like Chanel Harris-Tavita. Uh, he developed these other parts of his game really, really fast, really darty, uh, great ball-playing skills, which he's developed this season, and he's become one of the better 5'8s in the competition, in my opinion. Really, really solid performance from him. Uh, Mitch Moses as well, a great game to come back from injury and absolutely kill it, Mitch Moses. I thought he was amazing for the Parramatta Reels. Both 
both Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown were on fire in that game against the Bulldogs. And as I said, for the Bulldogs, there was really no coming back after the Eels got on a bit of a roll there. We talk about Dylan Brown's defense. Didn't miss a tackle, made 20 of them and ran for 104 meters in this game with two tackle busts and two tries as well. Solid performance from him. But Parramatta as an ensemble were playing really, really good football. Sean Lane on the edge was really, really going to put him in my team of the week. I was really close to putting him in my team of the week, I should say. He ran for 170 meters, 79 post contact meters, 24 tackles, four missed, and I thought he was just solid. Some of the runs he took was solid. I think he's improved heaps uh, from last season as well. I uh, didn't take the hardest runs, in my opinion, that I've seen from a back rower, but I think he's really toughened up and squared up uh, this season, Sean Lane, and over the past season, he's really developed as a player, a really strong back rower now in our competition. I thought he's had some really, really strong weeks, Sean Lane. His back row partner as well, Isaiah Papali'i, having one of his better weeks uh, in the NRL for the Parramatta Reels. And Ryan Madison in the lock forward jersey, having a big game for the Parramatta Reels. Even he's improved. I think the Parramatta Reels as a whole have improved. And if they can keep this winning streak going, if they can keep this form specifically going, we've seen a Parramatta side over the past few years that has been really inconsistent during finals, especially. They really do tend to drop off. I don't think that's going to be Parramatta this year. And I know we've said that every single year prior, especially that game against the Penrith Panthers as my little evidence point there. I think they don't drop off this season. I really do think they put every single thing that they've got into this final series. I think they start playing some really good footy and you know it's rugby league. Anything can happen. They might make their way into a top four, maybe a top to spot at uh, the back end of finals when things really start to get juicy. We could say a Parramatta Real side, maybe a grand final contender this season. I'm putting it out there now. A little prediction there. Parramatta, a grand final smoky. I know they've been 50-50 over the past few weeks. I'm not judging them just after this game. I'm judging them on the season they've had, the back end of last season as well in that game against the Penrith Panthers. I think they've come a long way. I think that their players have really been playing some good footy at the moment, especially their forward pack. So I think that off the back of their forward pack, off the back of Mitch Moses, off the back of Dylan Brown, if he keeps up this form, I reckon they could definitely get to a grand final spot. So that's my little smoky. They are the smoky, the Parramatta Reels to get close to the grand final. Now, as for the Bulldogs, not as disappointing for me as the Brisbane Broncos, who at the moment have a little bit more to lose, but still disappointing for me for the Bulldogs. I thought they could do a lot better in this game. I thought it'd be a lot closer. Ended up being another one of those blowouts and Bulldogs just not up to par. They were at the start of the game. As I said, the Aaron Ship try, we just thought that they were going to get on a little bit of a roll. Parramatta got on the high horse instead and uh, Bulldogs just dropped off. The defense wasn't that that good, uh, especially in the back end of that game when they were losing by a little bit more. But hopefully the Bulldogs can finish their season on a little bit of a higher note. Over the next two weeks, they've got the Cronulla Sharks, who I think will be a little bit tough for the Bulldogs. Then they go on to verse a very depleted Manly side without Jake Trevojevic, without Ruben Garrick, without a few of their stars now, including Tom Trevojevic, who was ruled out a while ago. A very, very depleted Manly side. I think they'll get a big win there to finish off the season, the Bulldogs. But 
Uh, hopefully, they finish their season on a bit of a higher note. Hopefully, they don't get smashed again and again over the next two weeks before finals. I'd love to see the Bulldogs finish the season strong, giving them a bit of confidence going into 2023. The next blowout was the Manly Seagulls taking on the Cronulla Sharks. Nico Hines. Nico Hines is just an absolute weapon. A weapon of mass destruction. He is a freak. The wet, silky hair doing him some good. Uh, The wet, silky, sexy hair uh, getting him some points on the board. The goal kicking is outstanding. The in-play kicking is outstanding. The pass selection is outstanding. His ability uh, to play halfback so well after coming off a season playing pretty much absolutely everywhere. A bit in the halves, mostly at fullback, and then to generate or transform into a full-time halfback, I think has been really impressive there from Nico Hines. Fitzy said that he could see that Nico Hines was a number seven. For him to transform into a full-time seven, I thought was really impressive this season. So again, that conversation with the most improved players this season, Nico Hines definitely has to be in that conversation for sure. I think in terms of how wingers go, Matty Cavallo has been extremely underrated as well. He's filled in for the Roosters and done great jobs, then dropped. Then he's filled in now for the Sharks, his new club, uh, and has been in and out of the side as of late, but has had a real opportunity to come into this side with a really stacked back line and perform well. He scored a double last weekend, which was really impressive to watch. He has come so far, Matty Cavallo, and I think that he deserves to be a starting uh, winger in this competition because he is so talented and I think he's wasted in reserve grade. I think he definitely needs to find a club. I think he's in his late 20s now, Matty Cavallo, but I think he definitely needs to find somewhere to land uh, and play the remainder of his career at in a starting capacity. He definitely needs to start either in the centers or on the wing. He has been phenomenal for the Cronulla Sharks while coming into this side, but I think he's definitely a starting winger in this competition, and if that's at the Sharks or it's not, I'm not sure, but it's something that he'll have to think about over the next 18 months or whatever his contract is up for negotiations, but I think he's definitely a starting winger in this competition. He'd be great for the Dolphins. I think he'd be unreal for the Dolphins, and I think that he should be signed there in a starting capacity because he's definitely a starting winger as I said but he was great on the weekend there were definitely some great performances from the Cronulla Sharks disappointing from Manly really disappointing from Manly I know they had most of their players out uh, but I thought they would do a little bit better than that and I think that goes to show that their season is officially over officially over the Manly Seagulls I think they've got too many guys out to make a finals run I don't think they have the points to make a finals run anyway so uh, Manly season done disappointing Uh, They've had a lot of injuries though, so you can forgive them in some sense, but I thought that they could do a little bit better uh, during the season as well. A strong season though from Manly, and I think they'll be a strong force next season with all of their stars back in this side. Kieran Foran's the only one that worries me. Obviously, he'll be out uh, going to the Gold Coast Titans too in 2023 uh, to play either six or seven. I think it'll most likely be seven alongside AJ Brimson. So he'll be a big loss for Manly, but hopefully they can come back in 2023 and have a big, big season with all their stars back in this side. The next blowout was the Sydney Roosters taking on the West Tigers. This one was the most disappointing of them all. The West Tigers, they were shocking, and there's just no other word for it. They were dreadful, especially at the back end of that game. They were dreadful, and unfortunately, they lost this game by an absolute AFL cricket score, a 72-6. 72-6. It was an awesome game from the Roosters. Suali'i, I feel like he improves every single week. 149 metres, 67 posts 
close contact, uh, four tackle busts, a line break. Uh, really solid game there for him along with an offload. I can't believe how he didn't score in that game. He was unreal. Manu, 225 metres, 102 post contact, 11 tackle breaks, uh, 14 tackles with only one miss there. Manu was sensational. Luke Keary and Sam Walker have come such a long way this season and that's just shown it. I think the Roosters could definitely go all the way. I'm saying it right now. Parramatta and the Roosters, I feel like, are two sides that are underdogs that could go the entire way and make a grand final appearance. Both of those sides, really strong form at the moment. I think that the Roosters would be a little bit more likely than the Eels, but both of those sides definitely likely. I thought Matt Lodge was great on the weekend. 114 metres, 63 post contact, three tackle busts, a line break, 14 tackles, two miss. I thought he was great on the weekend and scoring a try as well in this game there. Big Matt Lodge. He has been unreal for the Sydney Roosters in some really good form there. Matt Lodge. Angus Crichton as well. He's been unreal. 203 metres, 75 post contact. Nat Butcher. Nat Butcher. Four tries. Four tries in this game. Unbelievable from a back rower. Uh, Really good kicks, coming off kicks as well from Kiri and from Sam Walker as well. Are both coming off kicks, those tries. But Nat Butcher in the right place at the right time gets four tries. Four tries, that is unbelievable. I still can't say that without being in a little bit of shock. Nat Butcher, really good form at the moment too. And he hasn't missed a tackle. He made 31 tackles with zero missed. He does this week in, week out. 30 to 40 tackles with zero missed there. Nat Butcher, week in, week out. He is a defensive king, but his attack has really improved over the past few weeks. And again, being in the right place at the right time, running the right lines, uh, scores a few tries over the past few weeks. Definitely been in some try scoring form. I think it's his ninth or tenth try of the season. The last one that he scored there, the fourth try that he scored there, takes him up to ten tries this season for Nat Butcher. So unbelievable stuff from him there. Uh, Definitely in some try scoring form at the moment. Let's see how he goes in finals and over the next few weeks leading up to finals as well. I thought Victor Radley really set the tone in this game in his defense. I thought he was amazing. His passing game has improved out of sight. His ball playing is probably one of the best from a lock forward in the game and I'm going to say that right now. Obviously they were debating it on bloke in the bar last week uh, but I'm settling that argument right now. I think Victor Radley is definitely the best ball player as a lock forward in the game at the moment right now. The best ball playing lock forward in the game right now. Sure sometimes they do go to ground but Victor Radley, he's just more creative. Uh, he's almost like a second 5'8 on the field there, Victor Radley, for the Sydney Roosters, and that's what's so good about him. Obviously, having that experience playing hooker in the early days of his career, filling in for Jake Friend and then developing into that lock forward role. He's taken the passing game with him uh, and he's really developed it to be one of the better ball playing lock forwards in the game, if not the best. So, really strong game from all of the Roosters players Suali'i, Manu, Tedesco. Tedesco is amazing. Tedesco is amazing every single week and his form just keeps going up and up and up just like Suali'i's does. Uh, but Tedesco, a veteran in this side, a captain, a leader in this side, uh, leading the team around the park and he's been amazing for the Sydney Roosters, especially over the past two years. In this one, he ran for 261 metres, 61 post contact, 10 tackle breaks, uh, one line break assist, two offloads. So strong performance there from James Tedesco as well as a try in this game as well. 
well. He's an absolute freak. Connor Watson, I feel like he's been amazing off the bench for the Sydney Roosters. Although he didn't run for many metres, I thought his passing game was sensational. I thought that he just adds another element to their attack. When Victor Radley comes off, Connor Watson comes on, and it is just trouble. I think that Connor Watson is very similar to Victor Radley in terms of that ball playing lock forward, and I think it's great to have him on the bench there, Connor Watson, because you're taking Victor Radley off and you're putting essentially another Victor Radley on the field uh, to do the dirty work in the middle. So great stuff there. Connor Watson having some great weeks, uh, and then Victor Radley as well being great for the Roosters. As for the West Tigers in this one, I have seen some positive signs from Jock Madden over the past few weeks. I thought that he was all right in this game. Definitely not his best. Definitely not his best, and neither were the West Tigers. I feel so sorry for Adam Dewey. That could have gone to the Roosters or to the Melbourne Storm this season, but they were both on offer, and the club said no. He had to stay at the West Tigers. Uh, He really wanted to go to Melbourne on that loan deal. The club said no, Uh, but he's really paid the price for that. He's really been trying to make an effort in this side, in the sixth jersey, and you can see that. He ran for the most metres in this side, kicked for the most metres in this side, uh, and really did some of the dirty work in the middle as well, Adam Dewey, and really tried to get his side on a roll, but it just wasn't happening, obviously, on that night, and 72-6, to it really wasn't a great showing at all from the West Tigers. Nothing really else to say other than that. It was really disappointing from them, and hopefully they don't end their season on a really sour note by being in some pretty terrible form for the rest of the season. Hopefully they can get a bit of a lift, uh, improve, maybe not win the next two games, but show that they're in the fight in the next two games and really finish their season off strong. And then on the Sunday ticket, the last smashing of the round was obviously the St. George Illawarra Dragons v. the Gold Coast Titans. Not too much of a smashing here. 46-26, to Amone. Amone, Junior Amone. What a freak in the number six jersey for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. As soon as he re-signed with the club, he's been in some pretty terrific form. Very happy to stay there, I grant it. And he's been really showing that over the past two to three weeks. He's been unreal in some try-scoring form as well, but setting up for his team, being there for his team, and his ball playing has improved out of sight as well as his kicking game as well, taking a bit of pressure there off Ben Hunt. So I think he's been great, Amone. I think he's improved out of sight. If Sloan stays, I can't wait to see him kick into gear, maybe earn himself a starting spot in this side and Sullivan as well maybe a 14 spot he can make that his own I'd love to see those two guys integrate themselves into this side later into next season and I think that's the plan there from their coach to get them in the side later on over the next few years Sloan's been doing great in reserve grade scoring two tries each game he's been unreal I remember that when I went to go watch my mate play for South Sloan was playing the next game afterwards and my mate dislocated his shoulder so we were sort of waiting to see if he was okay and we were watching this in George game I think the guru was there as well actually because we all went to go watch him play a little shout out there to the guru but as we were waiting for my mate we were watching Sloan the St. George Illawarra Dragons versus Davey Mowali actually and the Jersey flag um, South Sydney Rabbitohs side and Sloan scored three tries before he walked out the gate and that was only in the first half so you can tell how talented this guy is so I'd love to see him get integrated into this side as I said in the next few years maybe even in the next few months leading into next season I think that he'd be great there at fullback Cody Ramsey is definitely going to be his competition I think that he is definitely the informed fullback at that club at the moment Cody Ramsey playing some great footy really dangerous if Tyrell Sloan can maybe get a spot on the wing I think that would be great 
great for him as well for his development and then shifting to fullback later on if Cody Ramsey maybe shifts to the wing. But I think Cody Ramsey is definitely the number one choice fullback. So uh, maybe that sees Tyrell Sloan leave the club at the end of next year, maybe even at the end of this season. Who knows? It'll be a very interesting next few months for the Dragons. But Amone, back to Amone. I don't know how we got lured out of that chat, uh, but Amone in this game was sensational. Two tries and really solid for his team in this one. Uh, Tao Tao Moga as well, a hat trick. A guy struggling to get a starting spot in the South lineup gets shifted over uh, to the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Great storyline from him, a guy that was playing some decent footy at the night, uh, couldn't find a spot, goes to South and then obviously to St. George and he's now having a really good knock there on the wing. Uh, so congratulations to him, a really big game for him getting a hat trick. Jack Bird obviously scoring two tries at lock forward. I think that's definitely his spot now moving forward. I think that he's really developed as a 13. Uh, obviously got the ball playing skills of a 5'8 fullback uh, in the middle of the field as well as the defense uh, of a middle forward and essentially like a second 5'8 there just like Victor Radley uh, as I said with the ball playing and the size of a forward as well makes him really versatile. So I definitely see him in the 13 moving forward but a great game from the Dragons. Ben Hunt Hunt as well. His kicking game was pretty solid in this one, kicking for 337 metres. But a great game all up there from the Dragons. The Titans playing some decent footy as well. Jaden Campbell, 259 metres, 62 post-contact, 7 tackle bus. That was really solid from him. Unfortunately, it couldn't get his side the win in this one. And the Dragons ended up running away with it. A really solid performance from the Dragons though. And I think if they win the next two games, it will put them or end their season on a really good note up against the Broncos uh, and just before that they have the West Tigers next week as well so if they win those next two games it'll put them in a pretty high space going into next season give them a bit of confidence going into next season I should say as well and then the last game being the Knights v the Raiders really disappointing from the Knights extremely disappointing considering that they were on a roll in the first half leading 22 to 6 I think it was in the first half maybe even 22 nil in the first half and then the Raiders in the second half, come back, score 28 points and don't let Newcastle score even one. So really disappointing for me uh, for the Newcastle Knights, a team that was on a roll in the first half and then drops off in the second half and allows the Raiders to get the win over them. They were in a really strong position in that game. They started off really well. Milford was playing some great football. Clone was looking really good. Uh, their wingers were looking really good in Dominic Young and Edric Lee. Dominic Young scoring two tries in the first half and so did Edric Lee with Jaden Braley scoring as well. Uh, and then the Raiders just came back and that was due to a drop-off from the Knights. So the second half from a Knights perspective was pretty disappointing, but in the first half, I thought they were outstanding. David Clemmer as well, having one of his good day outs. Really solid performance from David Clemmer. Really solid performance from the forward pack in general. And then in the second half, all that good work just went to nothing. Joseph Tarpany started playing some really good footy. Jack Whiten was getting on a bit of a roll. Sebastian Chris, his defense was amazing. And then he scores two tries on top of that. Jordan Rappinar scores a try. Uh, Hudson Young scores a try. Jack Whiten puts the icing on the cake there. Jamal Fogarty, three out of five goals kicked. Uh, Anthony Milford only kicked one goal. And I think that's another factor that lost them the game in this one as well. The goal kicking, really unfortunate that they couldn't get the points on the board. Uh, Jamal Fogarty also getting a penalty goal in this game as well. Joseph Tarpanay in the front row, ran for 176 metres, 80 post contact, a tackle bust, 27 tackles, one missed. Tom Starling, 43 
three tackles, two missed. Solid defensive effort from him. Uh, Josh Papali'i, 23 tackles and zero missed. Uh, great defensive effort from the forwards from the Canberra Raiders. Uh, and Josh Papali'i running for 128 metres as well in this game. So you can see the effort there from the front rowers. Hudson Young, one of his better performances, 171 running metres, uh, 79 post contact, one tackle bus, uh, 25 tackles, three missed. Not only was the grit there from the Raiders in the second half in terms of the forward pack, uh, but the ball playing from the forward pack as well is really in sync there as well. And I think that's a real advantage that the Canberra Raiders have over other teams, their forwards and their ball playing and the speed and the agility of the front rowers as well in Tarpanay uh, and Josh Papali'i himself. So to sum that game up, really disappointing from the Newcastle Knights to have a big lead in the first half like that and then to lose it in the second half to a Canberra Raiders side that wasn't willing to let them win that game. And Canberra finishing off the round strong and getting the win over the Newcastle Knights, one of the best comebacks I've seen over the past few weeks. Uh, coming back from 22-6, to 22-0 down and getting 28 points in the second half. A great effort there from the Canberra Raiders to get the win up against the Newcastle Knights. Now, we look at the tipping. In terms of the male games, we are only counting the males rugby league just the NRL in general. I've got 7 out of 8. The only game I got wrong was the South Sydney Rabbitohs up against the Penrith Panthers. I tipped South by 6 points and I got that game wrong. Every single other game, North Queensland, I got them over the Warriors. Melbourne, I got them over Brisbane. Parramatta, I got them over the Bulldogs. Sharks, I got them over Manly. Roosters, I got them over the West Tigers. Dragons over the Titans and then Canberra over the Newcastle Knights. Only just uh, getting me 7 out of 8 this week. And then in terms of of the NRL Fantasy, just opening it up now. It looks like I only got 805 points this weekend. Uh, my bench not doing too well. Ezra Mam only getting one point for the weekend. Not too good there for Ezra Mam. Uh, but Taylor May coming back uh, from injury and getting 50 points. NRL Fantasy, pretty good. James Tedesco, 64. Manu, 60. I got 160 points for Nico Hines since I captained him. He got 80 points. Uh, Cameron Munster, 60. 63, Isaiah Papali'i, 63, Kikia, 41, Isaiah Yo, 64, uh, but other than that, it was pretty average performances, uh, 36s, 22s, 36, uh, pretty average performances from the rest of my team, let, only letting me get uh, 805 points there. So an all right week for my NRL fantasy, but 7 out of 8 for the tipping, pretty proud of that effort. And there you go, guys, that is your round 23 review. One.